podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome back to the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and in this first episode of the new season I'm joined by James and Muff as we once again cover all things Celtic. Brendan Rodgers and his squad returned to Lennoxtown this morning for the start of pre-season training with their first league game taking place just one month from now when we'll open the campaign against Ross County at Celtic Park. New signings Odin Thiago Holm and Marco Tillio are on board for that one but it looks like Jota's time in the hoops is up as he prepares to make a money-spinning move to Saudi Arabia. My first episode back ahead of the new season, what's been on your mind the last few weeks? Hello Tino, hello James, hello listeners. Um, what's been on my mind is still a wee bit of hangover for the whole... Ange saga for me and more more to do with the emotional attachment that I had to him and the team with him being the figurehead of the team it still bothers me that that he's left um, and I was watching the cricket and he appeared in the box <laughs> at Lords he's everywhere <laughs> can I get away from him made a couple of brilliant signings as well Spurs I would say he's going to sign Solomon and, and Madison but anyway it's not the Tottenham exchange is it Um and what's been on my mind is who's going to come in. There seems to be a lot of noise about who who's leaving and who's potentially leaving. But I had a brief chat with James before we come on, and it's 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 the excitement of the unknown. There's there's obviously work going on in the background, and we know players are going to come in. Uh, the Jota one surprises me where he's going, but doesn't necessarily surprise me. That there's interest in him, but um, I think we'll probably go on to talk about that in a bit more depth. I've got a few different viewpoints on it. But I'm 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 now excited by who's going to come in because if if some of the players that are proposed to be leaving are going to leave, it means that I think we'll have a bit of money to spend and we might see a higher tier of player coming in than what we normally do. James Miff's right now that the the Angie is officially over and we can close the door on that chapter. It's excitement now, isn't it? I heard of Brendan Rodgers. You spoke to him, obviously, at the fan media conference just a week or two back. So how was that in general and, and any interesting takes on the day? Ach, you know, it's when it, whether it's Rodgers or Postacoglu or even you know, Strachan, Martin O'Neill, see when you're you know, up close with guys like that talking about football, it's the most fascinating thing because they're just masters of their craft. And I think Rodgers is pretty much a football obsessive, much like Postacoglu was, I suppose. So... Very, very interesting to hear his take. He's, he's got a real global view on football, so he'll be picking up bits of what he's learned in the last few years, adding to what he you know delivered at Celtic and what he already had in the tank. So it's just going to be very exciting. I'm a myth. It's, it's, the, it's the excitement of the unknown. And, you know, I was chatting to Paddy on, on Saturday there and he was making a really you know strong case the last few weeks of the season about winning the league this year is so important because you get into that new Swiss model Champions League it is a game changer it's, it revolutionises what level we find ourselves at you're playing a quarter of your games in the Champions League and the rest in your, in your domestic league you're playing the best you're getting 60 million a year and that's just a virtuous circle so it's, it's all important but I think we'll see the first raising of the standard in terms of signings in the next, you know, three, four weeks. I think so. I think the next three, four weeks particularly are fascinating. As I say, we're just a month out from the start of the, the campaign, so it's going to be a really busy time. You're right what you say about the new Champions League format. So I spoke to Anthony Joseph of Sky Sports News on Friday, and you can listen to that episode now where he goes into this in a bit of detail, particularly that Swiss model you speak of. So, yep, first and foremost, you're guaranteed £60 million off the bat. So that in itself is a huge lift for a club like Celtic. You then get a guaranteed eight games, four at home, four and away, rather than the current six. 
the money that comes from that in terms of you know spin-offs and commercial uh, you know deals that you can arrange uh, certainly the you know the fans that you'll bring to the stadium and then within that format without bogging down the detail just now all you need to do is finish in the, t- the top 24, 24 yeah. of 36 teams, I think it is. 32, is it? Something like that, to then qualify for the next round. So it gives you a guaranteed 10 games in total. The whole thing's huge for Celtic, which makes this season all the more important. OK, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. So first up, we'll be taking a look at what the new boys will bring to the table as Odenholm and Marco Tilly will become the first two signings of the new Brendan Rodgers era. Then we'll look at the implications of that mind-blowing move by Jota as he looks set to say farewell to European football and return for something along the lines of £10 million a year. And with the fixtures also now confirmed for the new Premiership season, we'll close out the show by looking at the challenges Celtic will face in the opening weeks as they target a third title in a row. Okay, let's get started by taking a closer look at those first two signings with Celtic officially confirming the arrivals of Odin Thiago home from Valarenga and Marco Tilio from Melbourne City in Australia. Question for you, Miff. These are the first two signings of the Brendan Rodgers era, part two. Can you remember his last two signings? <laughs> last two? <laughs> Including loans? Yes. Who, Tolian? Jeremy Tolian is his very last signing on loan. Good shout. And? And the infamous? Maurice? No, Burke. Marion Shved. But see, if you do look at that January window, it's a nonsense. Aye. It's a number it of loan signings, Burke and yeah. Way and all that kind of stuff. It's little wonder he moved on about a month That's or so exactly later. Yeah, um, but let's move on from that. So in terms of Odin Thiago Home, his profile, so he's age 20, just turned 20 in January, signed in a five-year deal, which seems very much to be the norm nowadays. Uh, he's capped at all youth levels for Norway, but no senior caps just yet. He'll wear squad number 15 and he's come in for a fee of around about £2.6 million. He follows a, a fairly long line of Norwegians at Celtic, including Chris Ayer, Stefan Johansson, Harold Bratback, Ronnie Dyla, various others. Are you excited about this one? Yes, I am. I'm quite excited by it. Um, you can only go by what you can see in the videos that you can see on YouTube and, and things like that, but he was very, very pacey and if maybe there was one thing lacking in the, the central midfield was a wee bit of change of pace. At times, somebody that can really burst beyond the strikers or get up and support the strikers. So, whether he'll come in and threaten for the first team straight away, I, I don't know. But at 2.6 million, and, and by the look of him, he seems a bit of a risk taker. Somebody that's wanting to drive and, and take people on for a central position. I think that's what we've been crying out for. It, it's it's the role that I had really hoped Haksabanovic would, would make his own. It's a role that I, th- I think Hatati could play if, if he wanted to, but he seems more more concerned about keeping the ball at times rather than, than than taking those risks. So, to me, it plugs a wee gap in the squad that I think we had, even if it is coming off the bench, somebody that's maybe a bit more direct and a bit more pacey for the centre of midfield is, is something that we could be doing with. James, it's a really valid point. So whether it's, you know, Hatati, Haksabanovic, O'Reilly, even David Turnbull, they're all talented footballers, but none of them are, are guys you'd associate with pace. And this just might be a wee bit of a, eh, you know, a guy that can make a difference in that part of the park. Yeah, he's, he's, he's certainly got that. I mean, you, you see a lot of box-to-box and he's kind of showreels and albeit they're, we know they're showreels. He gives you a bit of Scott Brown but with pace kind of thing. You know, he's got a good bit of dig. Takes a lot of, you know, takes a lot of knocks on guys that just can't can't keep up to him. And he's just going to give us a bit of drive that's missing. I think looking at the value and looking at, you know, Rodgers didn't uh, get convinced to come back to Celtic for... You know, £2 million spends, it's, we know where we're going with that. But the same rules are going to apply that they did the last two years. We need a big, big squad here, a lot of games to play. And I think he'll probably start around the bench and you'll know, be you know, pushing to get more minutes than, than than he starts with. So it's just a matter of how he develops. And he's kind of Celtic TV interview, he was quite 
you know, I hope to be around the first team very, very soon kind of thing. So I think he's been signed on that slight development phase. You know, you, you've got to here and we're going to take you to there. And here's the time period we're going to, we're going to do it in. So players like that can always surprise you as well, though, and just, you know, burst on it. Yeah, and I think, if it's fair to say that this is someone that isn't quite a Roger signing, and I think that's okay. I think that's maybe a, a sign of what the new model is going to look like. He's He's been quite open about the fact that, as it, uh, Rogers has, as he said that the club have had an eye on him for a long time. I got a chat with him out in Mallorca, happy to sign off on it, basically. Identified through the club's scouting system, or, or, or has been identified through the club's system, is the words that you used, but we're all waiting for that invite to Mallorca. Everyone else has got like, sounds, like, sounds like it's been a, a, an active place over yeah. the summer. The party um, pad. Won't, I won't say any more than that. Yeah, for me, it's exciting. James kind of referenced it there, around whilst the expectation is that we'll be operating at a higher level in terms of transfers, the system works. The model works as is being shown and we're going to discuss a bit later. We are an excellent showcase for young players. If they come and display their, their talents and promise that they've shown for us to buy them, they will move on for bigger money and make themselves richer young men. So the fact that we are we are proven as that is a great thing for us. We have to still invest in that level of talent to, to bring through and develop. It feels to me like we've done that and we've identified the targets that we were probably always going to sign anyway. What interests me is what comes next. Yeah, and that, that'll be a really interesting point over the next few weeks. James, just staying with Thiago home at the moment, watching the show reel that you mentioned, you're right, he's, he's very much a ball carrier. You know, he likes to you know use his pace and he's, he's tricky to get by guys. From what I've seen, he looked like he started from pretty deep positions, but again, speaking to Celtic TV, he says that he prefers to play as a number eight or a number 10 and that he's very much a creative player. So that would put him directly in competition with the likes of Hattati and O'Reilly and... It's a tall order to move those guys out of the team at any given time, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he does because it's this big squad. You know, there might be times that O'Reilly and Hattati both need rest and then you've got an able body there to come in and start the game or that they're tiring and they need to come off and you've got, you know, someone of his quality to come off the bench. So it'll be his job, obviously, to change that and say, well, you know, he's on the bench and I'm starting. I suppose the really interesting uh, phase we're in is we could be talking about you know, those guys keeping him out of the first team and then, in, you know, a month's time they're both gone. This is true. I mean, keep a close eye on that. I wonder, I should know better, but I wonder how much, so we know that Ange, more often than not, used all five of his subs, usually about three of them on the hour mark and then he kind of drip fed the last two. I wonder if, if Rogers is quite as active in the bench, any ideas? Do you? three at the time, wouldn't it? Um, well, I know, but in, in the last year or so, what's Rogers been doing? Oh, sorry, think, doing South, I, I think he was still making changes around the hour mark. He, he did always really kind of do that. From memory, maybe not not three, but he would make the odd one or two. He was still doing that at Leicester, I believe, from memory. But that was mainly because he was using Vardy as a sub towards the end, anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just like we, we got to know that that's just exactly what Ange done. He very much used the squad. It wasn't about the eleven; it was about the sixteen that were going to take part. So we'll see how that goes for uh, Thiago Home. He was also named on European football's golden boy list for twenty twenty three. I don't know how much value people put in these kind of things. Uh, previously, I think Aaron Hickey was on it and he's going on to do some good things. But he's named there. The, the top guys on it is uh, your man that's moved to Madrid from Dortmund, Muff. Bellingham. Bellingham and various guys like that. So he's obviously a guy that's got a lot to offer and we'll see how that plays out for him over the next few weeks and months. Moving on to Marco Tellio. Uh, similar age profile. He's age 21. I think he'll be 22 in August. Again, it's a five-year deal. It seems to be the norm. He's got seven camps for Australia and he was part of the squad at last year's World Cup in Qatar, although he didn't feature. 
and he'll wear squad number 23. The fee for him, I think it's two million Australian dollars, which is a bit over a million sterling. So James, he's also an attack-minded player, um, but he seems to be confused on either wing, but can also play through the middle. So I think it'd be very unfair to label him as Jota's replacement. I think it's just coincidence in terms of timing. One comes in, one goes, but he should offer good competition in the wide areas. I think that's it. You know, I mean, Rodgers is... Uh Famous quote was, I've got millions of wingers, but at the moment we probably just need a wee bit of cover there, particularly on the right. You like him if he's a go-past-the-guy guy. Yes, he's very good with the ball at his feet, loves driving it at, at defenders, and you know we do need a wee bit more of that. I think he's got a shout on being closer to, to starting uh, games than than maybe uh, uh, Thiago Home. Thiago Home. Home has. Um, yeah, just like the look of him, and he's, you know, he's, he's young. It was an inexpensive signing. I think we can only really... You know, like before, judge this based on what else happens in the next few weeks. So, but I like the look of him. Yeah, very, very exciting. I liked what I saw of Thiago Home. I really liked what I saw of Marco Telio. Yeah, just that type of player that's want to come in off the wing, find a wee through ball, take people on, just really direct. I know he's your type of player, and the next wee bit just confirms it. So I've been reading up on him likewise. And despite being left footed, you're right, James. His favourite position is off the right wing. And comparisons have been made with Patrick Roberts. I know you'd be happy with that. Very, yeah. very. He's that kind of guy. And I think he's an exciting player. And I think he's one to, you know, certainly keep an eye. He's obviously one of many Australians who have made the journey to Celtic Park. And he says that his teammates, the national side, Tom Rodgers and Aaron Moy, had a big influence on his decision. However, Muff Aaron Moy won't be waiting at the top of the Celtic way to greet him. What do you make of that news that he's now retired at the age of thirty-two? But I, I'm not shocked based on his performances after coming back from injury, because you could see he was really, really struggling, really struggling. But that that fruitful period that he had between the return for the World Cup through about April time, start of April, he was he was brilliant and he completely won me over. And that's saying something because I had I had written him off uh, based on his rigor mortis performances uh, prior to the World Cup. But to be fair to him, went to the World Cup, played well, come back, obviously confident, got himself as fit as he probably could have been given that he had an underlying issue. And I, I think now that he's retired, I'm, I'm delighted for him to go out the way that he's went out. He's went out as a, a title winner with Celtic. Again, um, many fans of Huddersfield on Twitter, as I happen to notice through the announcement that was made, saying that he's one of the best players ever to wear a Huddersfield shirt, which they're a, a very storied team. You know, they've got a great history in England. It, it tells you just how well regarded he was down south. A shame that we never got to see more of him and that he wasn't as fit as he would have liked to have been but his place in Celtic history is assured has been part of a treble winning team James you had mixed thoughts on Moy throughout the season and, and similar to what Miff says he had his real highs for Celtic and maybe you know some lows particularly at the early stages but what's your overall summary of the just the year he had at Celtic? He played a huge part in us winning a treble there's, there's no denying it from the, the minute you, you saw him at the World Cup he was like a different player you know, I thought leading up to that, it was, like you say, a wee bit kind of static in, in places. The World Cup, I mean, he, he dragged that Australian team, you know, as, as far as he could, you know. Uh, I thought he was outstanding and he brought that form back and it was only, you know, injury that, that slowed him down towards the end. So so good that he kept Matt O'Reilly out of the team, yeah, which yeah, I, I think is very telling because yeah. Ange loves O'Reilly, but that, that's how good Moy was, you just yeah. couldn't drop him. No, mm. and he did have a different skill set, you know, um, very tidy feet. Got involved in a lot of assists and his own goals. It was going to be an interesting debate, I suppose, with you know, Rogers here and we're looking at, you know, different levels as to where he would have fitted. But just, you know, a, a player of his calibre haven't retired at 32, that's always sad, yep. you know. If he wasn't to be us, if he could have, you know, kept going and played somewhere else. But I think he would have been in and around the squad for this season anyway. 
I, th- I think that's the, the saddest thing of all is a guy of his talents at 32 having to retire, whether he'd stayed at Celtic or not. The guy is a class act. So th- the fact that he's not been able to continue probably tells you what, what it's taken him to come back for China, get himself fit enough to play the World Cup and, and play for us in a successful season. He's obviously pushed his body really to the limit for that. So so fair play to him. Seems like a really, really decent guy as well, really like, kind of unassuming and quiet, but... You could see he was really, really enjoying his time here. And the abiding memory of him was the time when the fans were doing their, their kind of singing to all the team throughout Tincastle after winning the league <laughs> and just how ridiculously uncomfortable it was just <laughs> being made to like kind of dance and acknowledge the fact that the fans were singing. It was class. But no, it's a shame it's ended the way that it has, but what a way to go out. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how, how he'll feel as well in time. Yeah, very talented guy. Goes out on a high and I think the thanks of all Celtic fans go to him for the, the year he spent at the club. So, obviously we've confirmed those first two signings that we've just spoken of. Um, but as is the case, generally always, but certainly at this time of year, there's loads of names doing the rounds, loads of rumours flying around. You'll have seen the Kieran Tierney rumours. I can't see any truth in that. A, a boy who currently earns six figures. So I, I think that's yeah. where that ends. Similarly, there seems to be a lot of heat on Scott McTominay. Have you heard any suggestions of that one? I've heard that. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not for me anyway. He's, he's, we've had two years of blistered, exciting football and McTominay's not that. But we can't afford them and he's on 80 grand a week. So all those things put together, not for me. I like that. McSauce. I like it. McSauce? Yeah, that's his name. Is it? The man you fans, McSauce, yeah. Do you think he's a good player? Yes. I, Where I, would I, he would fit like, in if he were to join Celtic? I would like a bit of McSauce. Uh, midfield. I know that, but whereabouts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, no, I, th- I think you push McGregor further forward, and I think that's where Rogers would want to play McGregor. Yeah, so it wasn't something I was going to cover just now, but just well, we've touched on it. Do you think? I mean, we obviously know from I, I don't see it happening. No, it just it just doesn't. It fits from a footballing point of view. It just doesn't financially. I can't see it fit. Yeah, but not McTominay. I just mean Rogers and McGregor. So we know from previous where Rogers did play McGregor. Does he go back to that, James? I don't know. You know, having played, you know, two. Two very intense seasons and a and a more defensive role, and you know, played it with some Plumouth. I don't see him going forward. I th- you know, he's perfectly fit enough, but you know, is there maybe a wee bit of a, a drop in the pace that he had a couple of years, you know, or, or even before then? I don't think so. There's no Scott Brown here though, and that's what Rogers was used to before. And maybe, maybe he doesn't see Callum McGregor as that player. No, I'm saying McGregor played further forward when he had Scott Brown mm-hmm. to play that whole No, Scott Brown's not here anymore, so. Is McGregor, you know, maintaining Step McGregor? Tomoki Iwata. So there's a good question. There's some talk that was Iwata on loan initially? Yes. Same deal as Maeda. So he came yeah. in on an initial loan deal, but I believe it's now been made permanent. There was speculation that he's not remaining, but I think he'd done an interview with Celtic TV just today or something. Right. Iwata will be here, but it's whether uh, Brendan Rodgers thinks he's the man moving forward. But as I say, we'll move on from the, the speculation just now, but there's going to be loads of that in the coming weeks. But some of it's pie in the sky, some of it maybe has a bit more credibility. There's a guy, is it, is it Ryder or Reader? Uh, Swiss guy. Very talented yeah, looking yeah. player. That might be a bit more realistic, but he'll come at a, a premium as well. So The way it generally is with Celtic in the last couple of years certainly is, if you know their name, they're not the guy that's signing. That's you know. true. Yeah, they tend to get sprung on you. So let's move on uh, to another guy who's heading very much uh, in the other direction, Muff. It's Jota, who's set for this money spinning move to Saudi Arabia. So news started to break late last week. It was on the verge of an incredible move to Al-Itihad, uh, with wages somewhere in the region of £192,000 per week on offer. Um, I covered the details of this one again with Anthony, uh, Anthony Joseph of Sky Sports News. Uh, he was one of the guys who initially broke the news. And as I say, you can listen to that podcast right now, after this, of course. Maff, what's your general take on the move? I, I think you'd mentioned you've got a few different opinions on it. The numbers are mind-blowing, aren't they? Absolutely. And I think if you go back and listen to previous podcasts, I've never been a fan of Jota. Stupid hair, stupid moustache. Um <laughs> 
and I think it's it's really good money for him. Yeah, gutted to see a guy like that leave. No, it's the model in action. I hate speaking like that because ultimately you support your football club to see the best team in the park or best team involves Jota playing. He is just such a lovable guy. Clearly gets it as well. But we signed him for six million pounds to sell him for more than that. Had we sold him in Europe, I think we may have got between twelve to fifteen. Somebody's coming with twenty five million. Probably had to get the defab out for Peter Lowell when that bids come in. <laughs> um, but it, it suits all parties. Now you could argue going there to what is effectively exhibition football currently might not be the best thing for Jota. But why would you not go over there for a couple of years and, and take that money? And you've still got time to come he'll back. You'll be twenty five when he comes. You've back. still got time to come back. You're going to play with Benzema. You know, and obviously there's a lot of focus on how much he looks up to Ronaldo, going to the league that Ronaldo's playing in. And let's be honest, if the Saudis decide so because of the money they have at their disposable, if they come, they, they, can, they can buy other prominent young players for you know, emerging leagues, if you want to call it that, maybe not the top five leagues, because that's where Jota would likely have been heading, is to a top five league. They can buy that talent at that age, bring them in, they then progress in the Saudi league, sell them back to the big, the big leagues in Europe. The way this is going, I, th- I think you'll see some sort of link-up with the Saudi leagues in, in UEFA at, at some some point in the future where, whereby there, there's a link into you know, a, a, a larger Champions League. I think that's the way that it's going to go, much like what's happening in golf, much like what's happening in tennis. But for this transfer, as a set piece on its own, <laughs> makes inherent sense for, for Celtic. £25 million is a, a ridiculous amount of money for, for somebody like Joa. I'll be gutted to see him go, but... It's one of those ones that makes sense for, for all parties. James, if the Saudi Arabian League can become our new Southampton and start just <laughs> scooping up all their players, that would be something. Let, let me give you some of the numbers um, involved across the board. So, as I mentioned, 192 grand a week, just short of 10 million ten million pounds a year. Celtic will receive something, I think 30 million euros is the quote, which is 25.8 million. Um, and he's got four years left on his deal. So Celtic are right to hold out for a premium. Maybe didn't expect to, to land that jackpot. Um, Benfica, uh, importantly here, they'll receive 30% of the transfer fee, not 30% of the profit as has been reported elsewhere. Again, Auntie Joseph confirmed this, so whatever the figure is, if it's 20 million, they'll get 30% of that. James, which is? Six point something, something, something. Quick maths, that's good. Six-ish. Age-wise, Jota turned 24 in March there. He could go and do a couple of years at this, pick up 20-odd million, little by way of tax, you know, coming off of that and return at 26, 27 years of age, and then go into Europe and, and do what he wants to do. So from a, a player's point of view, it's just, it's not even one to think about, is it? Or, or is it? There's different moral questions about going to Saudi Arabia, but what do you think comes in? Pick your despotic ruler. We live in a country that's not got a clean sheet, so, oh, wow. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too fussed about that. Well but said, son. That, that's the Qatar, <laughs> well said. That's the Qatar argument, you know, about the World Cup and oh. stuff. It's like the finger pointing for, for some. So don't get me wrong, don't agree with anything or much of what Saudi Arabia do, but, you know, where are we and where's he been and stuff like that? He, Portugal himself's no clean sheet. All oh, right, well, geez, we're getting a bit very deep true. here. Get them all. True. Let's move away from that, lads. But I was going. I was uh, uh, sorry. He is at the very least suspending any hopes or, or dreams he has of breaking out the national side and being a big player in Europe, isn't he? Don't know now. Um, you know, Ronaldo's obviously still playing international football. Ronaldo's Ronaldo, though. I know, but the, you know, there's That's managers. True. There's, That's po- true. there's Portuguese managers. It's it's his youth manager that's signing him, isn't it? It's Nuno Espirito Santo. Aye, but he was his Spurs. Was he not involved with Jota when he was a youth or something like that? Not sure. No? Jeez, should really do research before we record my... Be an informed podcast, that's what you should do. So, uh, maybe as you know, you can't deny that it's a lesser football theatre. You know, and it's, it's exhibition, but what they're trying to do is move it to the next level beyond well, that. I remember when Oscar signed for the Chinese Super League and Hulk, Hulk and all yeah. those players. Mm. Um, 
Brendan Rodgers nearly went there. No, Brendan. Tried to take and Dembele. Dembele. No. <laughs> so there's, it's, I think there's more of a sustainability around Saudi League's going to offer. I think they'll be they'll be here for a while. Um, as for Jota, there's this romantic notion about how we view football in Europe, but ultimately if you're getting offered 182 smackers a week, or 182,000 smackers a week, mm. um, you know, Jeddah, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> I read Chris Sutton's article I'm sure you lads picked up on it as well and I had mixed thoughts on it it's easy for Chris Sutton now as an ex-pro to say oh why is he taking that you, you should never do that you've sold your career down the river nobody offered Chris Sutton 192 grand to go and jump ship and I think he might have thought about it had that been the case I don't, I don't think he would have thought about it he'd have been right there he'd have been off it's the same argument as, as Ange in many ways I think that what hurt most for me was the fact Ange was first out the door when I didn't expect that but in the cold light of day he's taking an opportunity somewhere Yes, he's getting paid more money, but for what he sees as a better opportunity. With Jota, I, I, I do genuinely think that's how he views it. It is more money, but it's because it's a, a league where Ronaldo's playing, Benzema's playing, you know, a, a growing league. It's, it's a, it's a high-profile move. It, I suppose in some ways it's lucky for us because I think we've got more money for him than we would have got had we sold him. But I, without the Saudi interest, I think we would have got another year out of him. I don't think he would have moved. No, I don't think I so. Don't I, think, think he I think it would have been a year. With the Champions League, yeah, it would have been another year, so... For us to get the 25 I think just now. I, But I think if we're being frank Ange didn't expect Spurs to come in Jota didn't expect nearly 200 grand from yeah. Saudi to come in But it just epitomises football now and, and we all know that money talks And that's just what's at play here You know, these kind of moves can come out the blue And that's what's happened for both of those deals And, and I suppose that's that's what is bothering me the, the most Is that there's been so much unexpected flux In a very early part of the season Or, or so soon after the end of the season and it's got me just kind of questioning where we sit in all this. Celtic, I mean by that. And it just seems to be this continuous shuffle that I hope we don't get lost in. I think we just really need to find our, our place in it. What, what, what sort of club do we do we want to be? And I think the next three to four weeks are really going to tell us that. Somebody I was speaking to made the point that we now know that players and managers move on after two to three good years at Celtic, which is fine to a point and that's the model. But what you cannot do is build that momentum that might just give you a crack at doing something notable in Europe. We were on track for it under Ange getting into this season. As you say, Miff, about four weeks ago, you thought, right, OK, let's see what the Champions League looks like next year. The team have grown. He's going to add more signings. And that's all up in there now. Manager's gone. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Manager's gone. Top players in the, in the form of Jota have left. Others may still leave. And you're, you're not back to square one, are you? But you're certainly taking a back step. And Rodgers now has... It may end up being closer to a rebuild than just a, a tweak yeah. that Andrew would have been making. I think we're going to do something that we hadn't planned on doing. Plan was to get closer to your Benfica's, your Sport Lisbon's, your Ajax kind of models. And that, that's kind of where Andrew's putting us with, with you know, Jota being a perfect example. But with the focus being on the Swiss Model Champions League, I think we're going to spend on a much uh, higher level of player. Guys who aren't necessarily going to be developed and sold on but just to get you into that level. And then you'll have your Toms and your, uh, you know, um, Telios and all that stuff coming through next year and making that, you know, going back to the Benfica type model. I think it's so important that we get this right this year. Do you see us breaking the 9 million oh, transfer record easy. Easy. for more, Edward? More than once, yeah. This summer? Yeah. More than once? Yeah. Watch that space. Um, Miff, just purely from a Brendan Rodgers point of view, how do you replace a talent such as Jota? You know, he's been such a huge part of the success the last couple of years. Iconic goals, big goals in the Champions League. He's done it all and then someone, you know, how do you fill that gap? He has, but I, I think in in general, I think it's those moments that stand out more than I would say his general play. I think he was he was a producer of moments rather than somebody who I think was necessarily very consistent over 90 minutes when you watched him or, or big, 75 big minutes. Game. He just kind of stepped up 
to the plate. So it's that that we need to replace. Can you replace somebody like Jota with someone who maybe played better over the course of a 75 minute period? I, th- I think it's achievable in the budget that we've got. But there was just something special about Jota and, you know, that chip against Rangers. Uh, just that, that he's got his forever moment in that. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's where you, you just kind of be pragmatic about it and say thanks. For that, um, but it's just it's just a shame that he's not hanging about for longer. I think I think he's going to get better, and it would have been nice if he'd get better with us. But you know, money money talks in in the modern game. As for Rogers, I don't know if you've seen it. I think it was Tam Selleck's son that, that done it when he got asked, "Will you be here for the three years?" And he's like, "I'll be here for three years unless unless." And it, it didn't know really what else to say. And he's clipped in a bit right now with Winston and Stevie the bookie. You're thinking about doing that again, aren't you? <laughs> see us see on that. The, the fan media was watching that. I was, I was absolutely killing myself. You're thinking about doing that again, aren't you? <laughs> the fan media uh, room was here and the media media room was in there. So we were watching that in Sky Sports, same as everybody else kind of thing. See, when I just said again, I'm like, it's an audible gas. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> just, uh, we don't, keep it we easy, don't want to love you, just aye. produce the goods. So fine. when it ultimately finished his quote, I think the quote was, I'll be here for three years unless I get emptied before yeah. then. Much hilarity in the room. Haha, ha, right, but please don't do it again. So <laughs> let's see what happens there. Um, Rumours obviously continue about other possible exits beyond Jota. So the, the Kyogo Hatati link to Spurs is still doing the rounds. Abada to Ajax is another one. James and myself have got it from a pretty good source that Kyogo's on the verge of signing a new deal. And I think that'd be a huge boost to the, the fan base given that you know we're losing Jota, we've lost the manager. Miff is currently sporting a dazzling uh, Kyogo t-shirt so available that- from... Rabbit 98 I think to give them a shout out so um, but yeah it'd be a huge boost Miff, if somebody like that signed on wouldn't it a crossover of um, my two loves Kyogo slash Celtic and Electric 6 I, I I think if you keep Kyogo and Vickers regardless of who goes that's a good window I, and add to the squad obviously I, I'd love Hitati to stay but I always got the feeling this would be the summer he would move on O'Reilly too but I think maybe only one of them will go I think O'Reilly, O'Reilly and Rogers, that's a kind of fit for me I think that that is a a good it's fit. a great fit listen I've mentioned it now several times it's not shameless plugging but Andy Joseph goes into detail about the fact that Brendan Rodgers likes working with intelligent footballers you know there's a real um, there was a real rapport with him and Stuart Armstrong for example and he seemed to get the best out of guys who were maybe a bit deeper thinkers and quite focused and really dedicated to improving themselves good looking good looking as well Matt O'Reilly definitely falls into that bracket and I think that could be a fascinating you know development if they two work closely together to see if they can improve his game have you seen the photo O'Reilly on his holiday have I seen it <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Good grief. He's putting everybody to shame. He's oh, putting the whole world to shame. He's gorgeous, isn't he? Um, yeah, moving on. James, do you think we could still lose one or two other key players? Hatai's one that certainly continues to be mentioned. Do you think there's any other big names that could exit? That, just just yeah. before I get your answer as well, the window's open for nearly another two months. It runs till the 1st of September. Uh, I think we'll lose what we're going to lose uh, early, do- early doors. I, th- I thought that was it I thought that was a comment well let's see we lose and we'll buy who we buy <laughs> more insight next week I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought the specs were coming out as well I was like oh here we go no, really, so the only a bit like yourself so Kyogo's not on my absolute must keep list but Carter Vickers oh. is and Cal Mack is everybody else is available but somebody you mentioned and I completely agree with you is Johnson I think see if, see if you've got Johnson Vickers Mikey Johnson no no Alistair Johnson Settle down like, Gee, I, know, I know Brendan's back But come on <laughs> Tino was up out his seat there In his orange jumper I want so, to talk about that though There was jo- Johnson at right back Vickers A another centre half Seen as Jacinta's away So 
Maybe with Carol's away <laughs> as well. It's got to kill me to see it, but... If you want to level up for Europe, if you, if, if you want to go for Europe, I know. Greg Taylor worked well on the inverted fullback. It was a perfect fit for him at the time. If he's been asked to go back to traditional, that's, that's the bit. That I, I don't. Think. I don't think he can kick on. I, I'm no. just going to call it just now. He's been great for Celtic. He had a huge season last season. I'm not sure if it'll work at I, uh, Celtic for no, him under Brendan Rodgers. I, I, I disagree. I, I think he can still kick on. It's just that well, will he be as effective in what would be regarded as a more traditional? Because you need to remember he, he played. He played his full career there until he came to Celtic. So. I still think he can kick on, but I, I think we need we need genuine competition for him, if if, if not an improvement uh, in the yeah. left back area, because clearly Burnaby's not going to provide that. We we need we need bolstered in that area. I think, definitely. I think this system will work better for Burnaby. I suppose if the fundamentals aren't there though, if he can't defend, then the question or the jury's out on that. But I think he might have more success under Rodgers. We'll find out in the early pre-season games, but I think we might see a, a leaning towards Burnaby over Taylor. The, hmm, I think irrespective, a signing's got to be made. One of them is going to slip out of the squad and some, it's a first-team player that we need to sign for that position. And if Burnaby or Taylor can show that they can challenge for it, then we need that and that, that's fine. But nah, none of them... It's just levelling up for Europe. None of them have got the, the level at the moment. Burnaby, fundamentals defending, he's a winger. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think you might be right there. I've said for a, a while now, I think the big gap is left back and somebody to genuinely challenge Joe Hart, if not eventually succeed him moving forward. It's time. Time to go. Aye. The rumour is he's going to the MLS next year after this season, but we'll see. Any other notable gaps in the squad before we move on from this chat? I mean, you just want to talk about Mickey Johnson, don't you? We're going to do a, a, a just a full Mickey Johnson episode next week, so don't worry about that. We, we need another striker. I'm, I'm for striker, 100%. We need another striker. 100%. We continue to be linked with a, another fella from South Korea. Sorry, I don't know his name. And the, John he, he is desperate to come. John, yeah. He's basically saying he'll See pay out of his own salary. I'm not sure. I thought he was a forward. No, no more, of, more of a winger. I think we need an out-and-out out number nine striker. And Kyogo and him, you know, this guy will, will trade it between them. But What about Big O-Town? You've not mentioned him. Development. He's Still? not got it. Not got it yet. No way. No way I think he could kick on. No, really so really I've, I've got a lot of hope for Big O. No. Yeah. Clum, clumsy as you like. Anything you want. The other no. Big O. We'll get to all of that though in the next few weeks, but we'll, we'll fully assess the squad. There'll obviously be a lot of uh, movers and shakers coming in and out, so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Moving on. We usually now go to the mystery cell, but no mystery cell this week, lads. Um, I've decided to trial a new feature. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called... I hate getting beat. <laughs> we'll move on from that. But the new feature, which for now I've called The Path to Paradise, it's a working title, James, oh. open to suggestions. Have you been in the chat GPT for that? No, I've not. You know, I should start using more of chat GPT, <laughs> replace my bad lines. Um, but put simply, what I'll do is I'll tell you the clubs a player has played for before has moved to Celtic. I'll also name the teams that he then went to after he left, and you just need, need to name the player in question. So, Miff, if I were to say Helsingborgs, Feyenoord, Celtic, Barcelona, Helsingborgs, you would say the king. Right, Henrik Larsson, dead easy. All pretty clear though, so I've got one for today. If you lads are ready to give it a go, mm -hmm. ready? Feyenoord, Cardiff City, Celtic, Real Zaragoza, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland. Have a wee think, and I'll come back to you in just a moment. While the lads are trying to work that one out, just a quick reminder to check out the additional content we offer subscribers on the Celtic Exchange Plus. We provide pre- and post-matched episodes for every game and will continue to do so throughout this month for all of our pre-season friendlies, including the trip to Japan and South Korea. We also released a bonus episode last week with ex-Celtic player Owen O'Connell, who's now playing his trade under Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhoney at Wrexham. 
Whilst at Celtic, however, he played under Neil Lennon, Ronnie Dyla and Brendan Rodgers and he had very interesting comments about the very different approaches under each of those managers. So you can check that and all our other additional content out on our new website at thecelticexchange.com. Now, Miff, I think you got it there before the buzzer, but what's your answer? Is the correct answer. So we'll get that beeped out, but that's the correct answer. So you've clearly nailed the format. Uh, James, would you have got that one? No. No, no not at all. Maybe I'll come to you in future for the answers. Big, seems to be. Big, one of the worst centre-halves I've ever seen play for Celtic. <laughs> Horrendous. So there's an extra clue. Horrendous. odd card of City Celtic, terrible centre-half. Imagine we'll go back Dan Varga that. together. Would you... <laughs> talk about Arne being stuffed. <laughs> would you fancy our chances across the season at the quote-unquote path to paradise? I like that. It's good form, aye. Yeah. Better than the mystery cell. Should we do this discussion off air? Probably, aye. This is like a market discussion. It would appear, whatever format you choose, I'm going to be winning. Miff's the man. Okay. Paddy's good at that as well. Well, Let's move on. The fixture list was released on Friday for the 2023-24 season of the Scottish Premiership. And as mentioned earlier in the show, we'll kick off our defence with a game against Ross County at Celtic Park on Saturday, 5th of August. We'll link to the full schedule in the show notes for this episode. But for now, we just want to focus on the opening four fixtures, which are as follows. So Ross County, which you've mentioned, followed by, that's at home, followed by Aberdeen away on Saturday, 12th of August. St Johnson at home Saturday 26th of August and then Rangers away on Sunday 3rd of September James what do you make of that in general it's a pretty tough start for Brendan Rodgers and the team the way fixtures go is if you look at last year's card it's the same flipped you'd had those games you know those fixtures home when they're away now and away when they're home now so it's there's nothing we can't point to the conspiracy theorists for this one it's just it's a tough enough fixture schedule but we've got to have to play these teams and beat them anyway true and I don't think there's any conspiracy I'm cool with that but Pataudry and Ibrox are two of the toughest places to go to, so it's a tough challenge, early bells. I have to say, I like what Aberdeen are doing. Mm-hmm. I think Paddy might be right on his uh, Celtic Aberdeen Rangers. I, I like your man Duke. Right. I, I'd, I'd go for him. There's talk of that. I don't see I'd, I'd, I, I, I would I, like, I think, nah. I think you see, in, in a team that provides a lot of chances, especially because he can he can use his body to turn, he'd it, be well, well suited to the challenge that we face week in week out I think we're too late to the table because Aberdeen will now just dig in for a premium the, the interesting makeup of that deal is Benfica have guaranteed themselves 50% of any sell on so they'll be looking not, to not get profit. they'll be looking to get top dollar they'll be looking to shift them down south if not into Europe so Aye. I think Celtic are too late to the table I, I'm like you if I think him and Majofsky were huge for Aberdeen last year the best thing they could do is try and hold on to the two of them mm. and try and kick on but Talented couple of players. Um, but what do you make of the, the games? As I say, you might want to add Tynecast in the mix, but it's two of the hardest away fixtures you can get. Yeah, it's tough, but I, I think um, Rogers' first game was away at Tynecastle. Yeah, first, first, first. So, so it was Ange. Scott Sinclair. Yeah, um, you're right. Tough, tough starts are tough starts. Uh, I, you've got to play them sometime, I'm a bit with James on, on that one. We know what's coming, we've no excuse for not being prepared. It's it's about what we do over the next few weeks, it's got to be the most important thing. The level of excitement is is creeping up just as, as as we go on. I'm I'm just I'm just really, really keen to see what we do. You know, that everything's building at that Ross County game. What what have we got in the tank? I think Rangers will be playing the last qualifier if they get that far. Um, just before playing us yeah. I think that's there I think I read that in follow follow but also Aberdeen will be playing qualifiers around about then as well so yep. we've got to take that as the advantage and the signings we make and the pre-season schedule and all that stuff so we should be well ready and very fresh for those games where, where those other teams won't be yeah but Celtic have made trebles look like the norm in recent years so it's five out of the last seven seasons but they're obviously far from easy and it'll be impressive going if Celtic manage to come out of these four games with maximum points. Absolutely. To touch on James's point earlier, it's just all about the league this year. You just have to win the league. 
trebles are great. Yep, we love them. Big talking point, but we just need to win the league. Absolute bread and butter. Make sure that you're in the the bigger Champions League draw because it's it, that's then going to have ramifications for the the tier of player we're going to be able to bring in beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's so so important. Just some other dates for the diary. You mentioned Champions League maths, so the Champions League draw takes place on Thursday, thirty first of August. The first group games are on the nineteenth and twentieth of September. And if you're feeling really optimistic, James, the final will take place at Wembley on Saturday, first of June. Have you booked your train down yet, or are you flying? I actually looked at flights to Dublin for the Europa. <laughs> Did you? Mm. So where, where is that the Aviva? Huh? Oh, that'd be interesting. Twenty-second um, of May. Right. Quick question: Is that success, Miff? If we finish third in the group and fall into Europa and do something in Europa, yes, as in get beyond the win a game. Aye, <laughs> we've got this horrific record, haven't we? Of not having won a, a knockout tie in Europe since. It's it, it's it's not great, but it's also about selective because we played a lot of you know, Champions League. It's not great, football. but it's true. <laughs> you can dress up however you want. Spin doctor. It's selective, is what I'm saying. Is it not 2004 not, or something? 2004, a year after Seville. Something like yeah. that. So it does, doesn't make for great reading, but yeah. um, but it's I think yeah, one. whether it's Champions League progression <gasps> or falling into Europa, I think it's one thing falling into it. Let's try and win a, a couple of ties and move forward. Um, other bits and bobs are news doing the rounds. So you might have seen that Adam Montgomery has signed for Fleetwood Town, obviously under Bruni. Season-long loan after spending last year at St. Johnson. There's other guys that will fall into this mix, like Liam Scales, Albion Ayeti, other you know guys like that. It's time to kind of trim down the squad, isn't it, James? There's guys just picking up a wage for, for nothing just now. There's nobody on the loan list, when you read that, there's nobody on the loan list that's to be kept apart from... Mikey J. Mikey J. Who's the others on it? But do, do you mean is that, is that everyone who's not who didn't play at the club last year shouldn't be coming back to the club in your opinion no no that's official I decide is it I decide oh, right, right, okay. so, I'll read um, these out Matt, just quickly so Barca's top last he's now been released so he, yeah, his contract's up um, Oluwa Yemi the backup goalie not sure where he's at Liam Scales uh, Uragide and Liam Shaw who both arrived for Sheffield Wednesday Adam Montgomery we've mentioned Soro he's still at the club Jizo. Adeguchi, forgot about him as well. Uh, Mikey Johnson, Johnny Kenny, Albion Ayeti. There's nobody you'd be upset at losing, put it that way, apart from Mikey Johnson. And I'm I'm being genuine about that, but I know. I, I'm genuine about that, just given what I've seen of him playing for Ireland of late and what Brendan can do with him in pre season. If he doesn't show it in pre season, you've had your chance and go. And I think that's fair, but he'll come back to Celtic Park a more confident player for what he's done in Portugal and for the fact that he's now played and scored for, for Ireland. So. Uh, let's see how it goes. My f- other news, which has brought a very mixed response from supporters, is the the launch of the new home kit. Um, I'm not a buyer of kit these days, but I know you buy you know sometimes for yourself and the the young lads. Um, what's your take on it as your uh, resident shirt expert? Well, well, firstly, the black strip is beautiful. It is nice, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. But that's not um, my question. The home strip, long sleeved with sponsor, horrendous. Short sleeved, no sponsor. Sorry, decent. So uh, it's alright, but it's because we'd seen the limited edition one, which we thought was going to be the strip with the kind of white badge on the white hoop. It looked fantastic, but it's not that, is it? So the expectations were that, and then to get what we've been given isn't great stained glass hoops made up uh, marketing. Come on, yeah. Do you have come much on. of a take on it, James? I, I put something out on Twitter which caused a bit of a storm, just saying I, I was bemused as, as to why people were getting so upset. But I just. I don't care enough about it. It's an iconic shirt. It's still green and white hoops, but it's well, not worth getting too upset about, is it? So to give Scotty Smith a shout out, who's in our Celtic chat, him and I share a, a bit of cynicism that they're putting this monstrosity out for 60 quid and they're putting the limited edition out for 100 quid. And straight after that, one of the boys said, when's the limited edition one coming out? And it's like, that's exactly the one you see. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, there's your buying signal. So I think there's a wee bit of that because... 
if you want to buy one Celtic jersey this year, it will be the limited edition one. Should it be a surprise that one of the biggest retailers on the planet and Adidas want to make money from retail shirts? No, but don't don't scam us for two strips. That's heavy, man. But do you think they've deliberately designed something poor? I, I do. No, yeah. I yeah. can't. So it, it's got to be very, very distinct from the limited edition. And uh, you couldn't deny that it's not. Do you think they've said to a designer, go and make us something rotten, could you? Give us something a wee bit off the wall, eh? <laughs> I well, can't say that. I enjoyed the piling on you for... Great, wasn't it? For it was uh, good, uh, eh? It was good. Yeah. Took um, an absolute bleach uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, made, I made up four Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Elon Musk stepped Get in. Up, tidied up Twitter. That's good. He's an ill-informed podcaster. Yeah. Um, but it certainly caused a lot of debate, more than I, I thought it might have done. Your theory, off the wall as I think it is, James, will be proven right or wrong in due course. We'll, we'll watch throughout the season and see if there's this limited edition. James, obviously a busy first episode back. Lots of comings and goings. Rogers, Rogers now firmly in place. Um, Jota looks like he's off ski. More players to follow, I'm sure, in terms of incomings and outgoings in the next couple of weeks. But what's your overall feelings right now ahead of the new season? Very, very optimistic. I think you've got an opposition that is building a, a team to challenge where we were last year. And we're going to go several levels above that. So it, it bodes well that the kind of signings they're making, they're just not in the same ballpark as, as where we are. And that's kind of what the Swiss model does. It takes us in a different ballpark forever. It's so important that Celtic make the Champions League next season but it's equally important that Rangers don't because that money on offer could level the wait, playing field wait till you see the efforts from beating and co this year it'll be like Mowbray time it'll be phenomenal wait till you see it yeah I've not seen much of the guys they've signed I've seen the names doing the rounds I couldn't say if they're good bad or indifferent Miff, but you'd like to think they'll well you wouldn't like to think that's the wrong word but they should be better than what they were last year shouldn't they was one of them called Cyril that's alright, isn't it? It's 2023, Matt. <laughs> you three? said that to me when I spoke about Jesse as well. What is it? I used can to see that. Can you know? Maybe oh. you're the problem. Cyril? Yeah. Can it be called Cyril? Tell you what, Matt, obviously James saying he's, he's very optimistic and, and rightfully so, but final word goes to yourself. So anything of note that you'd like to add before we round off this week's show? D just to repeat the point I've already made, it's, it's about what we do next. It's about the signings that we bring in rather than focusing too much on who's going to go because uh, there seems to be more noise about that than, than who we're actually bringing in. It's the moves that we make next. Now, I appreciate we might need to see people leave before we then go and spend the tank on whoever we're going to bring in, but I think there's reasons to be cheerful. The, the hope is that who we bring in, rather than it necessarily being project or development signings, it's going to be first team ready, established signings, and, and that's what excites me. Yeah, I think it's definitely exciting times ahead, and you lads are right to have that optimism ahead of the new season, and I think there's no doubt, even by this time next week when we're recording, there'll be some ins and some outs by that time and, and more to ramp up between now and the end of the window so that wraps things up on this latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly as we kick off our coverage of the 2023-24 season thanks to James and Miff for joining me today and as always our thanks to you for tuning in don't forget to visit our new website at theceltichexchange.com where you can sign up for our free newsletter and check out our additional content on the Celtic Exchange Plus but in the meantime thanks for listening and we'll see you again this time next week Network.